Welcome to The Commentary, a weekly conversation about vision, worship, and life at Grace Presbyterian Church. I'm Mark Bertrand, the pastor of Grace, and my fellow commenter in today's episode is Cameron Brooks. Do you feel like you don't have enough time for the things that really matter? If so, you're not alone. Most of us have a sense that time is passing too quickly and that we're missing out. A feeling that's only made worse by social media images of other people making better, more meaningful use of their time. In this episode, we're going to explore this shared idea that we're losing time and try to figure out how to recover it. We'll talk about the difference between two Greek words for time, kairos and chronos, and how they might help us think better about our own time. Well, I think today's episode could get pretty deep pretty quick. So I want to start with more of a simple question for you, Pastor Mark. I have a quote here from one of my favorite fictional characters, Gandalf the Grey. Mm. I think it's one of his most famous quotes, and I hope it sets us up for a nice conversation. At one point in, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Gandalf says to Frodo Baggins, Frodo, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. My question for you, Pastor Mark, is do you think that also applies to pastors? I would like to think that it does. I mean, there's (laughs) many a Sunday where I've wanted to say something along those lines. You know, a pastor never starts the service late, never starts it early. He starts it exactly at the right time, because usually I'm starting these services, let's say a little bit after the hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, so I definitely think that, of course, I, I also think whenever I hear those words of Gandalf, that Tolkien is, is having a little bit of fun with us because it just seems like, you know, what he says of wizards, you could say for saviors, you know, there's mm. something about the, the, the human frustration at the delay you know, that, that eschatological time imposes on us. We're waiting for Christ to come, and then he comes, mm. and then he's gone, and we're waiting for him again. Yeah. And there's that sense of, you know, how long, O oh Lord? Mm-hmm. And you can imagine, you know, God in heaven basically saying, you know, my plan isn't delayed, it isn't too late, it's not early, it's happening exactly yeah. when it should in the fullness of time. Exactly, yeah. I, th- I think that's right. That's really interesting. Okay, well, I, I want to talk about that idea, the fullness of time in this episode. Specifically, two Greek words that are kind of thrown around together in this conversation, chronos and kairos. I had a conversation this morning with some guys over coffee about this, actually, and we sort of related it to a lot of the discussions around productivity and efficiency that people seem to have around this time of year. It's the beginning of the year. We've talked about resolutions already at church a little bit. People are sort of wondering, you know, what, what can I do to better manage my time, my days? How can I stuff more habits in that sort of thing? And we were just discussing those, I guess those, views of time against a more biblical time. So 
would you be willing for listeners to describe what you think are the differences between chronos and kairos? So what do those words mean from sure. the Greek originally? Yeah, so so the the distinction is essentially a, a difference of usage. So mm-hmm. if you're reading an English translation of the Bible, you might see the word time, but depending on the context, there could be a different Greek word behind it. So it could be chronos, it could be kairos. The difference in Greek is, I guess I'd put it this way, that that chronos is like clock time, right? So when you think about your your clock or your watch, your chronometer, you're dealing with that quantified, measured sense of time. That's the chronos. The kairos is something a little different. It's it's more... uh, seasonal conceptual it's a little bit like uh the moment so so if if i said what time is it and pointed to my wrist i'm talking chronos mm-hmm. but if i said something like hey is this the right time yeah. you know if you're like yeah the time is right for what we want to do that sense of of the rightness of the time mm-hmm. would be more kairos so that's a distinction in, in the Greek language. And if you Google those words, uh, kairos versus chronos, you'll find a lot of people writing about that distinction. And it's it, it sort of taken on a life of its own. And I think, as you say rightly, especially right now, it has a lot to do with uh, what we might think of as quantitative time versus qualitative time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think time management comes to mind when we're thinking of chronos. So if if time is a quantity, a matter of seconds and days and such, then it's a thing that can be harnessed and managed better or worse. And there are millions of books out there about how you can better manage your time. And it's it seems like a lot of Christians are, not just Christians, but including Christians, are sort of awaking to the idea that, hmm, that's not necessarily the best way to view time. I think it's because time, in that sense, has also become like a metaphor for a lot of other things. If you think about quantification in our lives today, mm-hmm. um, it's not just our time that's measured out that way, but a lot of other stuff. Um, for me, uh, steps is one of those yeah. things. You know, I remember a few years ago when I bought a Fitbit and for a while I, I wore this this step count thing on my wrist and I was reading a lot of these articles where people started talking about uh, the quantified life. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you start measuring your steps and then you start measuring your calories. sleep pattern, your calories. Yeah. There's all sorts of metrics that you can start measuring in the way that we're accustomed to measuring time Mm -hmm. for efficiency's sake, right? So in the same way that I want to use every minute of every day efficiently, I want to use every calorie efficiently, every step Mm -hmm. efficiently and maximize the benefits of that time. So Mm -hmm. I think as that idea has grown and, and colonized every aspect of our lives we're a little sick of the effects you know because you feel literally like you were always on the clock yeah 
And so we find ourselves yearning for some other kind of way of, of being or measuring or experiencing our lives. And, and again, I think time becomes a good metaphor for that. Because if, if you can think about, like, is there another way to experience time? Then maybe there's another way to experience steps and calories and all of those yeah. things, you know? Yeah. No, that's right. I, I think that the rise of life hacks right <laughs> and right. and other kinds of hacks is evidence that we feel this weight we feel the the ticking clock and we can't be efficient enough we can't get enough in so we have to find a hack like a way to get around to squeeze more out of your minutes and that just seems unhealthy and i think some of the discussions around burnout that we've been hearing lately have to do with that yeah. That people just feel like this is unsustainable. And maybe there's another view of time, like you said. There's there's a, a lesson, I think, in that, which has to do with unintended consequences. Because as we talk about chronos and we talk about the quantified life and time as a, a quantity, it's easy to sound like what we're saying is this is bad. Yeah. You know, chronos is bad. Um but honestly, that's not how I feel. As a kid, for me, one of the most thrilling things, like watching movies and stuff, would be the moment before the commando raid where everybody synchronizes their watches. And I remember as a kid, we would do that. You know, we we're going to go out and, and have some adventure and we would synchronize our watches. It served no purpose for us, but, you know, it was just a, a cool thing to do. So that was good. You know, that was a benefit to be able to to know what time it was seemed great. But it's one of those things that now, you know, the difference between, you know, my little Timex watch as a kid and what we deal with today, um, it's it's suddenly become such a big thing where mm -hmm. where everything is synchronized and and you rebel against it i i think because you have this suspicion that that maybe you could do the life hacks and maybe you could maximize your use of of time in that quantitative sense but what if you did all of that and and still something was missing like what if you were were doing like the perfect use of time in that sense and yet, something more rich was lost. And, and that, I think, is, is really the, the, the heart thing that's going on in this conversation is that we're all afraid we're losing something, that we're paying attention to the wrong metric. And meanwhile, what is actually valuable about time and about life is passing us by. Unless there's an inbreaking of kairos time okay and that, that's what i want to talk about next then is this idea that kairos is not about the, the quantity of seconds passing but about the quality of the experience that that you're having what does that look like to experience kairos time i think that's going to sound really abstract for some people what what practically does that does that mean yeah so in the show notes we're going to link to uh, one of many essays yeah. on this distinction, but I think uh, one that you pointed out is 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 really a good one. Um, this is Josh Pauling's essay on on uh, 
Kairos and Kronos. And, and he makes an interesting observation that the origin of Kronos in the sense that we're talking about, or at least the origin of like the invention of the clock comes out of the needs of the monasteries because of course the the monasteries have a practice of the monastic hours you know they're praying at certain set hours and so having a clock you know that would make that work so much better whenever the bell rings you know you could know that it's time for this prayer or that prayer or whatever and so you have sort of the origins of this need to measure time with precision but interestingly, in that same essay, he kind of circles back to the idea because he doesn't want to throw the monks out uh, with the bathwater. Uh, he, he does see something valuable in the way that they're marking time. It's just that, that it gives rise to a kind of distortion. So, so the question of how to experience time, I think, is one that we can kind of think of in a snapshot of that monastic time, right? Because there's the, the chronos need to tick off the hours and do the right prayers at the right time. But then there's this other kind of thing going on, which is more about experiencing the prayer, like spending the time with God, with your fellow prayer, prayers, <laughs> your fellow, fellow nice. prayers, and, uh, and, and having that sort of rich sense of, the word I'd use is duration of time. And so that idea, I think, is, is the contrast. That there's the, you know, looking at the clock and making sure you're doing the right thing at the right time. Or there's like participating in a time of prayer. Yeah. Or a season of prayer. Mm -hmm. And so appreciating the passage of time as sort of its seasonal aspect or... um its meaning is the other way of thinking about time. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned in that article that Kairos has three dimensions, hmm. like a, like a story. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what he, he referred to as the three dimensions, but it has more dimensions than simply this cr chronology of events. There's more of a texture to it. And one story came up from my childhood, actually, where so once my dad and I were driving out to western Nebraska for a fishing trip, and I think we were on Interstate 80, just driving in the middle of nowhere. And we, you know, we were really looking forward to this trip. We were looking forward to getting to the lake. And we were maybe halfway there when we came across a minivan on the side of the road with a flat tire. And for some reason, my dad just decided to stop and to check it out. And there happened to be a woman with like four kids in this van and a flat tire. And she could not speak any English. She was a Hispanic woman. And they sort of just shrugged at each other and pointed at the tire. And then my dad was like, well, okay, I guess we got to change this tire. So I remember watching him on the side of the road there. It was this really hot summer day. Changed the tire put the old flat one back for her. And then we sort of just said, see, ya, you know, have a good day. And I, and then we drove on to the, you know, the rest hundred miles to the lake. And for me, that moment was sort of a, an inbreaking of Kairos in the, the literal miles, you know, the, the chronological, so to speak, miles of our trip. 
to get to this destination. So that's sort of how I think about it, that we have maybe a goal in mind. There's, there's some, something out ahead of us that might take a few miles or a few minutes or hours or years to get to. That's Kronos. Kairos is when something suddenly interrupts and in reality bursts open in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever is out ahead of you, you know, whatever you had to do suddenly doesn't really matter anymore and you don't think about it. Interestingly, and I think like the secular analog is the discussion around flow. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. People talking about getting in flow states where you can get in a really creative mindset maybe or a brainstorm and time stops, it seems like. Time disappears and you sort of reach this elevated consciousness. That's sort of how people talk about it. And either you get a lot done or you just really enjoy it. I think that there's something to that. Yeah, I think there is. There's the kind of time that you check and there's the kind of time that you enter into, become a part of. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the distinction, mm-hmm. right? There's one time you measure, another time that sort of takes over you. Right. So when you think of seasons as a way of marking time, well, the seasons we enter into Right, we become part of them, and we observe these seasonal rituals, let's say, and and act them out. And that's a different way of relating to time than, um, you know, sitting there with your watch, making sure everything is going as it should. Yeah. It's a little bit like the contrast between the academic calendar and the endless summers of your youth, where, you know, summer when I was a kid lasted you know, June, July, and August, and yet it seemed to have no end. You know, every summer just went on and on and on. We just were not conscious of the passage of time in the same way that in in the school year, we were made conscious every day of where we were at every moment. And so I think that there's, there's something about that, especially from a Christian standpoint, when we think about the way that the church calendar has been an organizing principle for the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode is releasing on Epiphany on January 6th, which is also Cameron's birthday. So (laughs) happy birthday, Cameron. But um, Epiphany is one of those moments in the church calendar. And it's, it's kind of interesting, right, to think about the way that in order to get here, we've gone through Advent and we've gone through uh, the 12 days of Christmas and Epiphany marks kind of the end point of that Christmas celebration. And now we'll start measuring, you know, it's the second Sunday or the third Sunday after the Epiphany. Mm-hmm. So that time every year Christians enter into and we think about the same things that we think about every year at this time mm-hmm. and say a lot of the same things. And, and it, it's a different kind of rhythm than the time where you're constantly trying to pack stuff in. Mm. You know, you, you could easily say, well, hey, we, we, we already did this. We did this last year. We did it the year before. Like, can't we move on and do something else? But we're intentionally re-entering into these seasons and experiencing them. And, and they are very loose analogies to, you know, biblical history and time. You know, they're not even 
meant to portray like a realistic sense of Mm -hmm. how long things took or anything like that. You know, it's all symbolic time in a way. And so that, that I think helps us in this sense that, that the timing there is more about like the right timing than it is about precision timing, right? The, that phrase from Galatians that, that the, God's plan of salvation sort of comes forth, the mysteries revealed in the fullness of time, yeah. right? That at the right moment, this is happening. And so, you know, God there speaking about history, about time in the cosmic sense that everything happened exactly mm-hmm. at the proper moments. But the properness of the moment has to do with its fullness, you know, its ripeness, not you know, well, he said 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and sure enough, Tuesday yeah. rolled, you know, it's, it's a different way of thinking about time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like Ecclesiastes, right? There's yeah. a, a time for everything in its season. I was, I wanted to talk about Ecclesiastes actually, because I think there's a lot there, but that might bring us off into a whole new can of worms. <laughs> so I think I want to, I want to finish with... Did you just look at your watch? (laughs) I sure did. I'm like, how long is this episode getting? Wow. (laughs) Apparently, we have not entered into Kairos time yet. Not yet. Maybe we better keep going. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I wanted to think practically, as I've sort of been doing for my own sake around this time of year, about resolutions and, you know, what do I want this year to to do? What do I want to get out of it Mm -hmm. is the way we think of it. But how do we how do we shift our mindset to open ourselves to that f- fuller view of time? Do you think? I think you know there's got to be some sacrifice, hmm. and one of the first things I think that needs to be sacrificed is that elusive goal of maximum productivity. Yeah. Like you're going to have to let the chronos go a little bit in order to experience the Kairos, right? You're, you're not going to have your cake and eat it too. So uh, for over-programmed, over-scheduled people who are already packing too much in and are looking for ways to do even more, actually the answer is going to be less of that kind of thing, right? That you've got to get off the wheel, so to speak, of or, or the, the clock face, the dial. Yeah. Uh, you've got to get off of that in order to be able to enter into something else right and so that that's going to take a shift that will involve some sacrifice i think we want to find ourselves in uh, rhythms especially if you think in christian terms uh, weekly rhythms that are centered on the worship of god that are centered on that sabbath rest and orienting our time our lives that way and in order to do that, we have to change things. We have to bend things and we have to sacrifice things to make that a reality. Hmm. I think what we find, though, when, when we do that is, whereas when we were thinking about time as chronos and efficiency, there seemed to be a scarcity. Mm-hmm. When you experience kairos, in a simple prayer in a, you know, reading your Bible, do, you know, whatever it is, you realize that there's all the time in the world, so to speak, that Kairos reveals the abundance 
of God's time. I think that's, that's been my experience anyways. It's like, I, I could never plumb the depths of this, but I'm, I'm being given a little bit of it in, in this moment. And it, it's amazing, I guess that's, you know, it's, it feels like you're connecting with something eternal because it, because I think it is. Right. And I think you also stop feeling as if you're running out of time. Yeah. Because that, that anxiety that it's passing too quickly, that you're missing something that you were meant to have goes hand in hand with the measurement, right? Hand in hand with that attempt to over quantify and in moving away from that, like once you start thinking to yourself, like what if the most important thing that I do this week is the time that I spend in the presence of God? Like what if nothing else even comes close to mattering as much as that does? And then you start thinking, like, what if the most important thing I will do this year is some time spent in prayer, mm-hmm. not something I accomplish in the world? Uh, again, it, it reorients, and, and you start thinking differently. And as you do that, you might start thinking about you know, promises of eternal and everlasting life and thinking, you know, maybe I'm not running out. You know, maybe time isn't taking away forever and the things that really matter are, are actually there for me to enter into. Mm. I'm the one who's creating right. the distraction. Like I'm the one who's making it seem so fraught and, mm. and, um, and, and scarce. <laughs> well, pastor Mark, thank you for your time on this episode. I, uh, I would welcome listener questions about this episode. If people are wondering, you know, what were you just talking about? I would be curious if anyone, you know, has anything, please email us. Sure. I would, I would love to do a follow-up. But Yeah. Uh, and, and if you felt like this episode was too long, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, do, do let us know the optimum number of minutes. But, yes. but yeah, it's a fascinating question. And, and I think, you know, it's not, easy to to wrap your head around and it's also not something that that is uh you know simple to 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 quantify you know i think the more you think about time in these ways the the more you'll start seeing like there's there's another way to approach life you know not quantitatively but qualitatively and it has nothing to do with racking up experiences or or you know using your time better it's 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 even more than that it's it's entering into something greater than that and um yeah it's it's a good thing for us to all be thinking about at the beginning of a new year that uh what we accomplish this year is not really the important question here it might be what we enter into like where we go Thanks for listening to the commentary. In the show notes, we'll include a link to Josh Pauling's essay, Living by Kairos Time in a Kronos World. If you're interested in thinking more about this topic, Josh's essay is worth some quality time. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate us on your favorite podcast app and share episodes with your friends on social media. You can subscribe to the commentary on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out more about us online, visit graceforsufalls.org.